Welcome back to Oscar for Life. I'm Brian. And I'm Jillian. And our mission is to watch every Oscar-nominated movie since the very first Oscars in 1929. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to us talk about them. This message will self-destruct in three, two, one. Ready? It's time. Talk to me, Goose. Yes, ma'am. This episode, we're going back to the 1929 Oscars and continuing to look at the nominees for Best Unique and Artistic Production. Last time, we watched the winner, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, and now we've moved on to the next movie, Chang, A Drama of the Wilderness. A, ready for this? Silent documentary from 1927. Let that sink in. Just let it sink in. (laughs) Let's get to it. It's time for us to face the facts. Fact number one, this film was released on September 3rd, 1927. And for a long time, it was actually considered lost until a copy was found in 1998. It was directed by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shodashak. Fun little fact within the fun fact, these two went on to direct the original King Kong. Hey Brian, you want to know where they got the inspiration for King Kong? Was it this movie? It was this movie. Excellent guess. It's almost like we've already talked about it. Next fact. On it, it was filmed in 1925 in the jungles of Siam, what we all know now as Thailand. Do you hear that? Hear what? I think it's time for a brief history lesson from Julianne. Ooh, frick yeah. Let's do this. So, 1925 was the beginning of a major political shift in Thailand. King Wahirawood died in 1925, and so Prajadipak became king. A year later, the People's Party was founded. This was all building up to the Siamese Revolution of 1932, which took Thailand from an absolute monarchy into a constitutional monarchy. So in a World Heritage site, the movie is still very popular and highly regarded there. And they have a free nightly showing of it at the Sanctuary Hotel. So the whole movie was shot entirely on location in Thailand over a period of 18 months, apart from one pickup shot filmed in Central Park Zoo. This film was marketed as a documentary, and in part it was. It was a staged documentary with not actors, but people who were acting. Exactly. It's like those commercials that say that these aren't actors. Not actors, real people. Because actors aren't real people. It's it's true. If you look deep into their eyes, you'll realize that they have no soul and they're just pretending to have one by wearing the skin of other people. That's acting. So you can think of it like reality TV. You have these producers, or in this case, directors, that are manipulating both the environment and the people in them to create captivating content for their final project. And so that was kind of what this was, is that they were creating this tension-filled world that did actually exist, but they were set up circumstances. Yeah, so they, they had a script for this, but then they often had to go off script because they were using real wild animals, and wild animals don't like to do what you want them to do. Now, we must warn you, coming up, we are going to be facing... (gasps) Spoilers! All right, so let's get down to the plot. So it starts with a family. Brian, how would you describe the house in which they live in? It's, It's on stilts, and it's deeper in the jungle than the rest of the people in the area. Because they're fucking crazy! Okay, if you know that there are gonna be so many issues with living in the jungle... Why go live deeper in the jungle? This is my idea. Living deeper in the jungle should be your beach house. That way you get the cool relaxation, but you don't also risk all of your animals dying every day, including your 
your pet monkey named Bimbo. The pet monkey named Bimbo was great. Well, also the pet monkey was low-key an asshole. He made being a mom very difficult for her because any second that she would pay attention to the baby, he'd go, what is wrong with you? I'm a monkey. What's intriguing about this monkey, though, is that watching its screen time, which is a lot, is the first time that you can actually see these directors develop a fascination with the relationship between humans and primates. And you can really track their creation of King Kong. The family also had some goats and a water buffalo. Everybody's got a water buffalo. So any, anyway, so there's uh, goats and a water buffalo. Everybody's got a water <laughs> buffalo. I really need to stop saying it. Or as I accidentally <laughs> called it while we were watching the movie, a buffalo, it quickly perished, unfortunately, in a very dramatic scene towards the beginning where it was spotted by a tiger and there was some very quick action cams back and forth and quickly attacked by the tiger. And before anything really happened, it cut to some baby bears. So this tiger is about to attack this water buffalo and I can see it. I can see it in the tiger's eyes. I can feel it in the music that they're playing. I know what's about to happen. So what do I do? I get underneath my table and yes. pretend like there's nothing bad outside and the world is all rainbows and gummy bears and Skittles and whipped cream <laughs> just like my parents told me it was. They didn't tell me it was like whipped cream but i do think that there was something about gummy bears and skittles growing up maybe it was just that i ate a lot of them <laughs> but at one point the kid pulls an animal out of a basket and then it cuts to a title card that says oh an anteater or something along the lines of that but the thing is it wasn't really an anteater it was a pangolin which is technically a kind of anteater but you can just call it a pangolin fun fact unrelated to the movie pangolins are thought to be the main cause of the transfer from animals to humans of coronavirus they're also the number one most trafficked animal on the planet i don't know how to process that information and if you don't know what a pangolin looks like just think of like an armadillo if it had more armor and was more like a dinosaur do you want to know something super silly what my very well educated currently getting her phd in some fancy ass science sister thought that piglet yes the winnie the pooh character <laughs> wasn't oh you know what i'm about to say she dead ass thought piglet was an armadillo it's a great story she was i think 26 when she made the discovery that piglet pig lit is a pig <laughs> and not a fucking armadillo <laughs> anyway so crew who's the head of the household he goes to the villagers and he's like look there's this tiger on the loose so all the villagers come and they they hunt down this tiger and they kill this tiger. But, the, but the, 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 the tiger killing spree continued. They killed tiger after tiger after tiger. And I swear to God, this movie gave me more tiger trauma than Tiger King. And at this point, you're feeling a little conflicted because on one hand, the water buffalo died and you were completely and utterly in love with this big hunk of an animal that was just living its best life. And on the other hand, you know that the tigers need to eat and this is where the tiger lives. And then so the villagers come and they set up all these traps and they start killing a ton of tigers. It's like all the tigers. They just kill tiger after tiger after tiger. So there's no one to root for except for the bears. bears. And the bears are my favorite yes. part of the movie because then they hear the humans coming and they're like, oh, fuck no, not again. 
and they scurry and they run and they hide inside this log and the humans with all their noise making noises stomp through and as soon as they're gone the bears just come out and they look around they're like have they gone yet good great and then they just continue on with their happy furry bear life okay but then things take a turn so they yeah. they made this trap which is like a hole in the ground covered with branches and one guy he looks in he says we caught a chang and at this point we didn't know what a chang was it calls over all the other villagers and they, they reach in a couple of them jump in the hole which is confusing because if you're trapping something usually it's dangerous so they jump you in the hole you think it's gonna be a tiger <laughs> yeah we think it's gonna be a tiger or some other big thing they wrap some ropes around it a whole bunch of them are pulling up and then they pull up a baby elephant and <laughs> They, they take the baby elephant and they, they tie it to a post on their house. They're trying to like force feed it. And, but then. Oh, but then. But then Mama Elephant comes to the rescue. And Mama Elephant is, mm-mm-mm, she is not happy because you stole her baby. You stole the baby elephant. And by the way, they caught the baby elephant to have it work for them when they grew up. But so then Mama Elephant comes and starts knocking into the house. And again, it's on stilts, so it's very knockdownable. And everyone le runs away. Leaving Bimbo in the house. The monkey gets out. The monkey's fine. He continues to terrorize the poor baby. The house is destroyed. And so the family, they travel back to the village. Oh, yeah. And they tell the villagers of this Chang. And so they're talking to the villagers. And they're saying, look, there are elephants. And all of a sudden, everything starts shaking. And the elephants stampede the village and so they all climb into trees except for this baby they left the baby in the middle of the village before anyone panics the baby is fine someone comes up and picks the baby and runs it up a tree with the rest of them so that they don't get killed by the herd but it the herd destroys the whole village and fun fact about this scene is apparently instead of having a herd of elephants destroy a village they built a miniature village and filmed a bunch of baby elephants storming through it. The thing about the stampede was that this kind of scene was unheard of at the time. Elephants stampeding a village was just a spectacle that was unbelievable to see on screen. Yeah, and to get one of the shots, Ernest B. Shodashak dug a hole into the ground and sat in the hole with the camera as the elephant stampeded over him. And I think he almost died doing this. There were multiple things that both directors did that almost killed both of them. Yeah, one of them had malaria for most of the time. Of course, why not? Throw some malaria in. So this movie then ends with them capturing the elephants they set up this huge trap and they capture all these elephants and they tame them to work for them and then it ends with the family the crew family cutting up some trees and rebuilding their house deep in the jungle they went back out into the jungle into again the jungle which left you with this feeling that this is just going to keep happening over and over again because that that is this this life that they're portraying in this documentary is man versus the jungle and i had this feeling that back in the day watching it you automatically rooted for man oh, this yeah. evil jungle oh these tigers oh this thing that's destroying and getting in the way of man living peacefully but now perspectives definitely changed perspective has definitely changed and i think you felt this too brian where yeah. most of the time i was just kind of thinking get, get out of the jungle man just let them live peacefully i rooted for the bears the whole time they were my favorite yes just, hands the bears down. were great bears. they didn't do anything they just they were just chilling living their life in the jungle yeah and it is this 
theme that you do see later in these directors' work of this man versus animal, whose side are you on? Wow, these documentaries, man. That was very somber towards the end there. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think this movie uh, definitely, um, how do the kids say it these days? Oscarred me for life. Definitely Oscarred me for life. That's all, folks. I'm Jillian. And I'm Brian. And this has been Oscarred for Life. See ya.